1: However, you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who's already meticulously preparing his spreadsheets for the 2038 recruiting class here at BYU. His name is Jerem Jordan.
2: We had a few potential, uh, or an addition and an announcement of an addition to, uh, what, 2038? Yeah. Uh, So, congratulations to Moroni Lalupututau and his wife uh, Kira, who used to work here. Uh, Kira had the baby. Congratulations mostly to her. Uh, But uh, very exciting. So, Moroni... Faimafili Laulu Pututau, six pounds, 15 ounces, 22 inches. Congratulations! That's very exciting. Their first child and uh, an exciting time of life. And then uh, Taysom Hill and his wife Emily. Uh, Emily is David Nixon's sister. Uh, well, David is Emily's sister. Correct. Uh, brother, how about that? Uh, they announced that they're expecting. So, congratulations to the Hills. Uh, so, ba- Babyland. BYU is already Babyland. But it's even more baby land now. So that's yeah. exciting. His so, tasomeness, expecting
1: little Moroni, 22 inches long. Uh, not surprisingly, we expect him to be tall, athletic yeah. and have BYU blood running through him.
2: Uh, Moroni's numbers were impressive. Those numbers are good as well. So, yeah, Moroni had, uh, you know, the broad jump was, uh, you know, whatever, a, a vertical 35 and a half. Yeah, those numbers more important. Absolutely.
1: Mark him down. 2038 or 2039, or whatever it's going to be.
2: Let's hope so. The hills some, and the Lailupututaus. Sometimes legacy kids leave. Yeah. It happened, Spencer. It happened
1: yesterday. Uh, we'll get into that for sure. New beginnings for BYU football alumni, as we just showed you, and a shiny new lineup for the show today. NFL agent Evan Brennan, he represents Diane Gonwolaku and Alevihifo, What's the number one thing from each of those guys that has NFL scouts so interested? The first matchup in our BYUSN Best Play Bracket Final Four, decisions, decisions. It's getting tough. And Helen Zhao, all the way from mainland China to Provo, how the tennis star ended up at BYU and how she's handling the sports world shutdown with her family back in China. For now, bring on your Thursday BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Devin Kafusi announces he will transfer to Utah. The junior-to-be said he was entering the transfer portal about a month ago. He finishes his BYU career with 15 tackles, a sack, and two pass breakups in two seasons in Provo. Much more reaction coming up in North Carolina.
1: BYU men's basketball listed as one of 14 bubble teams in Andy Katz's Power 36 rankings going into next season. The Cougars, a top-50 team in spite of losing A dynamic senior class, so I'll take it. Not surprisingly, Gonzaga ranked number one in Katz's rundown. St. Mary's not listed, and BYU longtime rival Utah at number 34.
2: Number 34 for Utah? What? Uh, Yeah, moral victory for BYU being the top fifty. Sophomores Kennedy Cribbs, who was on the show this week, and Jared Shaw, BYU Swim and Dive, were selected to the College Swimming and Diving Coaches Association of America Division I All-American team. Awesome. Cribs was named in the 1-meter and 3-meter diving events. Shaw was named in the 50-free, which is like the 100-meter dash of swimming.
1: The greatest mascot in all of sports, according to BYU Sports Nation, Cosmo, defeats Sparty of Michigan State 58% to 42% in the Sweet 16 of the College Sports on Sirius XM bracket poll. Cosmo, a late entry into the tournament because of so much hullabaloo and... Anger from the BYU mob. He gets in as a 16 seed. Well, now he's into the Elite Eight and taking on the Penn State Nittany Lion. Right now, oh, for
2: Cosmo. Right now, BYU up 64% to 36. 11 hours left. Let's Yo. go. Let's go.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Trading spaces, blue to red. Devin Kafusi announces yesterday he's leaving BYU to play football for Utah. And I quote Devin, Leaving BYU is one thing for a Kafusi, But leaving BYU to go to Utah is a whole different animal, he tells the Deseret News. But when it came down to it, with me transferring, Utah was just kind of always the school I had in mind. He continues, it is one of my goals to become the best football player I can be. And just spending two years there at BYU, I felt that for me to develop into the person that I want to become, it wasn't happening there. He continues on. And so just seeing that and being in a football home all growing up and seeing years of good football and not-so-good football, I just felt like that, for me personally, I could be a better football player somewhere else, end quote. That is a loaded, I mean, it's a load of content. I mean, a loaded quote. Where does the Devin Kafusi transfer to Utah impact BYU the most in perception or reality, Jerem?
2: Perception. The reality is that Devin Kafusi is still figuring out uh, you know, who he's going to be on the football field. And perhaps that's why he left. He had 15 tackles in two years, one sack. We expect the Kafusis to be really good, right? I'm going to expect more out of a junior and senior than I would a freshman and sophomore. So perhaps Devin will become this monster, amazing player at Utah. We were hoping it would be here. Uh, but I, right now it's perception because when you look at the Kafusis, this is... Literally the first family of Provo. His mom, Michelle, is the mayor. So he's literally one of the sons of Provo. I wish I had been in that movie, by the way. I, I really enjoy that film. It's perception. For Devin Kafusi to leave the program, and not just leave, as he said, go to Utah, is something else. And you fill in the blank on what you think that something else is. I, I, I was, yeah, obviously, I'm like, wait, what? And when we just showed a graphic of Devin Kafusi with the Utah logo next to it, now I'm like, oh, wow, that's real for me. It's just weird. It's very weird. And his perception is that being at BYU is not going to better him. Look, Think about what, where he's at. His two brothers are in the NFL. He wants to play in the NFL. And he's been moved around. He's had a shoulder injury. He had, he had uh, surgery. He wasn't going to be participating in spring ball. He feels like Utah is going to be a better place. Is it a fact or not that Utah has developed more defensive linemen than BYU the last, say, five or ten years? That is a fact that Utah has done a much better job than BYU. But it doesn't mean that he couldn't have developed here. But he personally feels like he needs to leave. And I'm disappointed. I like Devin a lot. I thought he could be a good player. He's a kafusi. We love the family. We shot a commercial in their house. We've known them for over 10 years, like, this is a this is a bummer. And the fact that Utah is the place where it goes, that's hard to swallow. That
1: is why it stings so much. If Devin had gone to Boise State or a Pac-12 school that's not Utah, let's say he goes to UCLA or Oregon State or any other school besides Utah, and it's more of a, huh, well, that's too bad. But best of luck to Devin. And I will credit BYU fans for the most part last night, from the social media interactions I saw in response to this story, wishing Devin the best. But the overall sentiment was, man, why did it have to be Utah? Why Utah? That's why it stings so much, because Francis Bernard is still fresh on the mind for BYU fans. A guy who we thought was going to be a star at BYU ends up at Utah, and now he's a legitimate NFL prospect coming as a linebacker. They're hoping that well, Devin plays well, but if Devin... Develops into this NFL talent again. It's going to be a oh man, what did we miss out on again?
2: Didn't his brothers develop well here? I'm confused on why he feels that way. Um, what, what is it? Indi- just it must just be individual to him or something. I know he he's best friends with Britton Covey. best friends, like tight, tight, tight with Britton. Now he gets to go up there and and uh, play with Britton. And that's exciting which, for him. Yeah, and so I I get some of the reasons, but I also. Don't get some of it. I hope Devin. And and This is a mutinous move. It really is to be a Kafusi and to leave BYU and to go to Utah. His uncle played at
1: Utah, right? right? So there have been Kafusis on both sides of the right. Sure,
2: but it's been a minute. Come on, it's been a while. And his two older brothers and his two cousins are still on the team. And two cousins
1: are still here. His two older brothers were stars at BYU. Yeah. Yeah, So it hurts. It stings.
2: It yes. Every transfer away from BYU of a potentially good player stinks no matter where they go, right? When Matt Carlino went to Marquette, it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what, what happened?" I get that players transfer, but to have a Kapusi transfer is certainly unique. It 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 hurts the
1: perception more than anything right now. We'll see how much it actually turns out in right. reality, but right now right. this is a gash, not just a paper cut with some lemon in it. This is a gash to the morale. And the perception around BYU football.
2: And their sensitivity because BYU is in a uh, worse situation than Utah in terms of conference affiliation or lack thereof. And BYU has lost nine in a row to Utah. And now you've had a couple of guys kind of head that direction. BYU's had a few impactful players, no doubt, from Utah. So it's not like it's uneven that way. Uh, Kyrus Tonga committed originally to Utah. He's here. He's one of the best defense players BYU has. Austin Lee was tremendous. Devontae Henry Coles
1: coming over from Utah to BYU we'll, this
2: year. Exactly. We'll see what kind of impact he can have. So it goes back and forth. But if one of the Krugers had come down to BYU after their sophomore year, that's what this would have been like. Oh. I mean, and they are from Orem. So there you go. Topic two. Andy Katz lists BYU among 14 teams out in his Power 36 going into the next basketball season. Spencer, is BYU deserving of a top 50 preseason hoops ranking?
1: Yes, Jerem, I am drinking the blue Kool-Aid on this one. I'm wearing the blue goggles. No, don't go there. Blue goggle alert. Now you can go there. Blue goggle alert. Yeah, I'm I'm buying it. Blue goggle alert. I like the hype that Mark Pope has put on this team. I think the transfers uh, from Utah Valley that are coming in, Richard Harward and Wyatt Lowell, Alex Barcelos back, Gavin Baxter is going to be healthy. And somewhere down the pipeline, I think there is going to be an impactful transfer that we are all going to be very excited about.
2: Oh, there and better be. It's they're going to make tournament, right?
1: BYU, yeah, I think they're a top 50 team right now, hoping that they are bubblicious and can sneak back into the tournament. But the thing is, in college basketball, you can be a top 50 team and not make the big dance. That's, that's what it's come to. you got to be, like, top 40 to feel more secure about being in the big dance just because of so many auto bids coming out of the smaller conferences. But right now, yeah, and throwing Connor Harding. Can't believe I left his name off the list just a moment ago. Connor Harding is an impact player. BYU's got enough in the tank coming back despite losing Toolson, Childs, and Haas that I think they're deserving and will ultimately prove to be a top-50 team and right there on the bubble next season.
2: At the moment, BYU doesn't deserve it. I think that they'll become a top 50 team because Wyatt Lowell averaged five a game in the WAC. Like, we hope that he develops, right? Uh, Connor Harding is a, what, seven-point scorer this year. We'd expect him to be a kind of 12 to 15-point-a-game guy. Yeah, I I absolutely think that BYU will get there. Uh, Do they deserve it right now? No. Here's why. The numbers bear this out. BYU lost four of its top five scorers. Um, In fact, that brings us to our Saturday.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU loses
2: 71% of its points and made shots 63% of the minutes of rebounds. BYU is going to reload and be a good team. It's whether they make the tourney or not. Top 50, it just feels a little early to be like, oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know what. Well, what a lot of these pieces. Well, it's are all a guessing like. game. I yeah. mean, he
1: calls it the way too early poll, so he's yeah, projecting. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you think BYU can become that? He's projecting that BYU will become a top 50 team.
2: So, are you, yeah. do you he's, agree with well, that? Well, he's saying like, yeah, going into the season, he's not. Is he saying on Selection Sunday? Is that what? He, I don't know exactly what he's saying. I I'm excited to see what BYU becomes, but it's a little early to be like, oh, absolutely. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait. We just BYU lost four of the top five scores. A B Alex Barcell is the only double-digit scorer coming back. We expect Connor Harding to jump in there, and probably Richard Harward. Like as the three double-digit guys,
1: can Gavin Baxter be a ten and ten guy? He I think do- he
2: can. He do- ten and tens a lot. That'd be awesome. Yeah, um, ten. Yeah, ten points a game. Gavin is not going to originate a lot of offense. I think he's going to secondarily score uh, a lot and do that. No, I, I think Bjork I think absolutely they could be a top 50 team. I just think right now I go, okay, there's some questions to answer. That's why I'm out with this. Like he Colby, Ryan I knows. don't even know if Colby Lee starts. He was a majority starter this year. It's going to be a different looking team. And who, yeah, BYU is minus a very impactful player right now. They need a transfer that can play right away to come in and be a double digit score. If that doesn't happen, I'm not sure this team is is good enough to make the tourney i think they need one or maybe even two honestly um guys that can come in and and be starters or in the top six of the rotation
1: a guy like jake toulson who literally took byu from (laughs) if you got a jake toulson n.i.t into oh byu is legitimately an ncaa tournament team with yoli child's back as well so it I guess it took two. It took two major players coming yeah. back for BYU to be a 6 seed, a
2: 5 seed. And, y- and Yoli Childs is one of the top 15 players in BYU history? Like, that, he was the key to the whole thing. And Jake Toulson won a few games for BYU as well. Will BYU get a Jake Toulson type? That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, TJ has won a few games for BYU as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, someone Literally. someone in the pipeline that was going to be here, right? Yeah, but I mean, those two were additions to the fold that were unexpected.
1: Sure. Yeah, and the seventy-one percent you can't. I mean, there's
2: there's no denying it's, it's what hard. they lose. Like, if you any team blank, re, you know, blind resume, they lose four of the top five scores. Are they going to be a top fifty team next year? Like, it'd be hard unless you're a blue blood.
1: I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm buying it, but I, again, I'm I'm investing in the fact that Connor Harding and Gavin Baxter and Alex Barcelo are all going to take significant steps right.
2: forward. You're investing in hope. Yes, yeah, absolutely. for sure, yeah.
1: and we should hope. We should.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just nailing down like facts. The lifeblood yeah, exactly. of the program. <laughs> Hope. No, wins year. should be the life recruiting. <laughs>
1: what? Our question Talent. of the day. Back to BYU football. How much impact will the Devin Kafusi transfer have on the BYU program? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: At TX Kernel answers on Twitter, BYU will be fine. He was growing in impact, but others will step up. Much depends on the 3-4 or the 4-3 scheme. Still, it makes me sad. Crying emoji face.
2: If Devin Kafusi didn't do anything mean, meaningful as a junior and senior, and I think he would have, it'd still be a blow with perception. That's where this is. This is this is a perceptual blow to BYU football, that he doesn't feel like he should be here and develop in that way. It
1: just so, hurts morale. It hurts yes, the morale.
2: And And... Yeah, there's you know there's critics of you know what BoI does defensively or did. It's like BoI can develop good players on defense. I I feel like this is borne out by Fred Warner and others recently. Defense Bronskafusi Cor- maybe maybe Devin feels like oh shouldn't they have been uh, higher draft picks? Bronson was a high draft pick. Um, Corbin wasn't drafted. I, I don't know. It's it's certainly complicated. Hashtag
1: BYUSN to join that conversation.
2: Coming up, the Final Four begins in the best play bracket.
1: And how is COVID-19 changing the NFL draft preparations for two former BYU players? We'll ask NFL agent Evan Brennan, who represents both of them, next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter
0: of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Tomorrow, we have a women's volleyball doubleheader for you, starting with the BYU Sports Nation special play by replay of the 2018 women's volleyball win versus number one Stanford. What a night that was! That'll be followed by the worldwide premiere of We Want More, a documentary about the 2018 season and the run to the Final Four. It's tomorrow, a doubleheader on BYU TV.
1: We would like some more BYU Sports Nation right now, and uh, we're going to deliver that. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is NFL agent, friend of the program, Evan Brennan, who is working closely with some BYU guys to help them pursue their professional football dreams. Evan, nice to have you back on the show.
0: Thanks for having me on. I look, to, look, look at that thing. Yeah, I
1: have to admit, one of my favorite things about these quarantine interviews are looking at the, the mustaches that are being grown. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
2: What's in better shape, your clients or your mustache?
0: <laughs> this thing grows quickly. This is this, I grew this in about three days, so uh, I don't know. That's going to be a close one.
2: <laughs> that's impressive. Three
0: days? I'm not even mad. I'm
2: actually <laughs> impressed. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow.
1: Okay, on to uh, some things almost as important as that mustache. Uh, but how has this pandemic affected your life, helping guys like Alevehifo and Diane Gawoluku pursue the NFL?
0: Oh, it's, it's done all kinds of things. I've, uh, I've had to play a little bit of NFL scout and run my own pro days. I've had to hire film crews. I've had to sit at my computer and send out video after video. Uh, and as normal, take phone call after phone call, uh, just trying to help my guys uh, make sure that the NFL knows every little detail about them and make sure they're in the best possible shape come you know, a couple of weeks when the NFL draft rolls around. How's that process going for you? It's a wild deal. Um, So in Aleva's case, he had a pro day in front of a former NFL scout in Colorado. Um, Shortly after kind of news broke, there wasn't going to be a pro day. And so we had to coordinate, you know, getting that scout out there. They did it essentially in a park right there in Denver. And uh, we had to get people out there to film it. In Diane's case, he did it in uh, Texas in front of a former NFL scout. We had to fly him down there make sure the scout was good to go, make sure it was filmed. And then we get the footage back and we email it out. We follow up on it, and I turn into a salesman from there. How How is
2: this process perceived in terms of how official it is? You mentioned there's a former NFL scout, you know, in attendance mm-hmm. to make sure it's buttoned up. Because there's the NFL Combine, that's the standard, right? You want your guys to get mm-hmm. invited. If they don't, you hold your own. Because there wasn't a BYU Pro Day uh, this year. Sure. But, like, when, when both your guys run a uh, Leva and Dango Woluku run a 4-4-1, is that perceived as like, yes, that was laser time, that's as if he was in Indianapolis?
0: So I was talking with the Titans about this just yesterday and it's not going to be perceived no matter what you do as as if the scouts were there. Mm. The goal is to get as close as possible. That's why we use the lasers. We film it from multiple angles. So when we send the footage in an NFL team can time it themselves, use a former NFL scout that these teams know and trust. It's never going to replicate the real thing, but the closer you can get, the more and more it's perceived as reality. Uh, the, the teams watch it. I mean, I've had calls from all 32 teams saying, hey, we've, we've watched this. This is really helpful. Thank you so much for uh, at least trying to fill in that bubble for us.
1: Evan Brennan, NFL agent with us on BYU Sports Nation. He is representing Diane Gawolaku and Alevi Hifo. Evan, I think Diane, of all of the BYU athletes in this year's draft class, has the best chance to land on a roster. Uh, why or why not? Uh, am I wrong? Make a case for Diane that he belongs in the NFL.
0: Uh, I've had a lot of calls on both those guys, but Diane, man, he's so versatile. You know, the real value for Diane is on special teams. So I've had a couple teams call me and say, hey, this is a guy that we could keep as our, you know, fourth safety. He uh, could run down on punt and kick and make up all kinds of tackles. He's very tough. He's a smart player. He obviously tests very well. And he's a guy that would keep around just to kind of be a gunner and make a lot of plays. Uh, now, and Aleva uh, is just as versatile. I mean, he can do punt returns, kick returns, play in the slot. But that's kind of the, the M.O. of both these guys is uh, they do a lot of things. They do it well. They're highly athletic, and they're good dudes.
2: Forget, obviously, you want draft picks, but uh, uh, half sure. the league's undrafted. It's not, a, sure. it's not a major deal, right, to not be drafted. We looked at sure. Daniel Sorensen, undrafted safety, won a Super Bowl this year, right? What of the pro day numbers uh, uh, matter the most for these guys at their position, in your opinion?
0: Obviously, for a, a DB and a wide receiver, the forty is is huge and then after that you probably see some of the agility drills whether that be the shuttle or the three cone um the bench is probably the least important uh and somewhere in the middle is obviously the explosion numbers with the broad number
1: evan brennan with us on byu sports nation okay i'm going to set you up for a HIFO as well uh gotcha. what are what are teams interested in when they look at a HIFO in terms of how he can produce and help a team out in the nfl
0: finding a guy that can actually be a punt returner is tough to find. And so obviously he can catch the ball and be a great receiver. Uh, He can kick return as well. But finding a guy that has experience as a punt returner is hard to find. And Aleva has that. And so he's a guy you keep as kind of the fifth, sixth receiver on a roster, depending on how many you keep. And you use him as a punt returner. And teams have a lot of interest in that. Um, That's hard to find, like I said.
2: It's certainly a unique situation with this draft, which is coming up in two weeks. I think we're all excited about the draft because it's a live sporting event of sorts, right, that we can consume as a fan. Certainly it's uh, part of the business angle of this. But can you describe what what that's normally like and the rush to that and, I guess, how unique you expect it to be when it gets here given the pandemic?
0: Yeah, I mean, normally it's pretty crazy. To be honest with you, it seems disorganized normally. So this year I expect that disorganization and that, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, let's do this kind of thing to be on steroids. Um, So I just expect, you know, my role in filling teams in as to how players are doing, how they fit into their team, uh, getting them medical records, all those kind of things being much more augmented than it ever was before, Uh, taking calls, You know, around the clock as we get closer and closer to the draft, pushing for guys to be even more so than in a normal year.
2: And there's a certain level of uncertainty relative to, okay, the draft goes off, but then what? Because we're still not in a get in group situation. So I guess it's there's a lot of uncertainty relative to the draft. You get guys in camps, but those camps aren't going to actually happen for maybe a little while.
0: Yeah, rookie mini camps we don't know when those are going to be. OTAs, we don't know when those are going to be. And so, yeah, this is essentially the draft is to get the players rights and we'll start when we start. Evan, there
1: are some questions about the other leagues, specifically the XFL, because they had to shut down amidst their season, just like every other sport. But they are a fledgling league. They're trying to find some footing and some grounding. So what do you know about the future of the XFL? Is it done or do you think it's going to be back?
0: I hope it's back. You know, there's guys that, you know, that uh, get a shot in the NFL, don't initially make it, and that provides them a great opportunity to get more tape. Um, Had several clients in that uh, and the AAF for it. It's much better funded than the AAF, and so I I think they've got a real shot. I think that it was well received. Um, You know, there's been no definitive statement one way or the other, but I would expect it to be back. I I don't think they did anything to, to harm themselves, and I thought they did a better job than the AAF. And uh, like I said, much better business plan to weather the storm Uh, moving forward. It was kind of a shame that the whole pandemic had to kind of take them out.
2: Yeah, certainly a shame uh, for the XFL and uh, a lot of sports across the board. Uh, We knew that sports mattered, Evan, in our lives. Obviously, health and family and these things matter the most. But man, this has been weird. So how, how are you filling your time besides trying to get
0: these guys jobs? Oh, you've, I've grown this mustache first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things, uh, you know, I've got a little eight year old little boy and, and he and I like to go, uh, go outside and play a little baseball. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting to be in your house. This is, this is, this is my world you're seeing right here. That I'm in 10 hours a day. Taking phone calls. Uh, but, and he, you know, uh, my wife and, and my son and I, we, we like to go outside and, you know, hike trails and enjoy the beautiful scenery here in Utah when we can. Yeah,
2: hey, I like that BYU degree up there. I like that helmet. Yeah, like, very that strategically looks nice. placed. That looks oh, nice. You know. know your audience, right? Yeah.
0: I do what I can. Do what I can.
1: I feel like I should call you Officer Brennan right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll well, try you know.
1: Yeah, I'll try not to break any laws. Do you have a donut <laughs>
2: around? You can be eating while you do this. I just really think it adds to the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Evan, uh, it's great to catch up with you. We look forward to what happens uh, for these BYU guys specifically. And uh, we wish you the best. Um, it's, it's fascinating to hear what you're dealing with uh, as the rest of the NFL is just trying to push forward. Now, uh, I will finish with this. In your blue-goggled world, when do you think that football will resume? What does it look like in your eyes?
0: I think football is going to take place uh, with a slight abbreviation. I bet you we start around October 1.
2: Okay. I'd take it right now. I'd take it right now. I absolutely would. Sign
1: me up. Evan,
2: uh, best of luck.
1: We'll talk to you again soon as we get closer to uh, these guys finding NFL homes.
0: Thanks so much. Appreciate it.
1: Evan Brennan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Sorry, Officer Brennan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. (laughs) Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen,
2: as someone who has donned a mustache on this program, (laughs) that thing was like 28 times better than mine. Gosh.
1: Ma'am, we've got the
2: situation under control. Diane Gunwoleku is the person you want to put on your team. (laughs) Coming up, we chat with the Cougar tennis player from China dealing with the pandemic being here instead of home and a season cut short.
1: And let the final four of our BYUSN Best Play Bracket begin. Who's going to get to the final?
2: This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by DoTerra.
2: Best of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays noon Eastern, nine Pacific on BYU Radio. It's on the podcast feed as well. Features some of the best convos and interviews each week. Things are popping
1: in the studio, Bizzle. So let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. You know what time it is. Let's whip it.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Devin Cafusi announces he'll transfer to Utah. He said he was entering the transfer portal about a month ago. He finishes his BYU career with 15 tackles, a sack, and two pass breakups in two seasons.
1: I hope he has. Uh, A lot of success up there, but doesn't play well against BYU. Is that fair?
2: September 3rd. Okay. Yeah, so one of his uh, friends, uh, Kyle Griffiths, was like, hey, there's a a chip block coming your way, man. (laughs)
0: Basketball.
1: BYU men's basketball listed as one of 14 bubble teams in Andy Katz's Power 36 rankings going into next season. The Cougars, a top 50 team, in spite of losing... Such an influential senior class. Not surprisingly, Gonzaga ranked number one in Cats' rundown. St. Mary's not listed. And rival Utah at number 34.
2: Swimming and diving. Sophomores Kennedy Cribbs and Jared Shaw are selected to the College Swimming and Diving Coaches Association of America, Division I All-American team. Cripps was named in the one meter and three meter diving events. Uh, Shaw was named in the 53. Also, the team combined for 27 academic all conference awards.
1: Athletics news. The greatest mascot in all of sports, Cosmo, defeats Sparty of Michigan State 58% to 42% in the college sports on Sirius XM bracket poll for mascots. Cosmo, late entry into the tournament, 16 seed, now in the lead eight. And in a matchup with the Penn State Nittany Lion, last I checked, Cosmo led 61% to 39%. Has that changed, Jeremy?
2: 65 35. Oh,
1: okay. So Cosmo's number's going up. Uh, he's probably headed for an eventual showdown with the Hilltopper from Western Kentucky.
2: Oh, snap. That big red piece of love. Whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what is it? I when I know. think of a Hilltopper, I don't think of that thing, I'll tell you that. <laughs> A big red piece of love. I always love when there's <laughs> there's a mascot that doesn't fit what the the actual name, uh, the nickname of is. the school yeah. is. So it's like Utah Jazz, like the bear. It's like, shouldn't it be like a dude that plays the saxophone? Yeah, the Phoenix Suns
1: for a long time was the gorilla. Yeah, and
2: he was amazing at dunking. Yeah. The he, su-
1: supersonic kind of Yeti?
2: <laughs> yeah, super <laughs> random, right? <laughs> What do the Trailblazers do? I don't even know. I no, I, do they even have one? I have, no, I have no idea. Like the Utah Utes, right? They use uh, Swoop, which is a uh Red-tailed hawk. hawk yeah. yeah, red-tailed hawk, um, which I guess you could tie that in, right? But obviously I understand the sensitivity relative to Native Americans with using that. Sure, sure. But, um But, yeah, it's just interesting when it's not the thing that it is. It's just on my mission trip in Brazil, uh, one of the members of the church said, why do you guys have all these cute uh, names for your teams? Why can't it just be the team name? Because it, all the okay. soccer teams, they're like, okay, so uh, Grêmio, our soccer team in Porto Alegre, we're not like the Grêmio whatevers. We're just Grêmio. That's who we are. And I said, I think it's mostly marketing. It's mostly to make money. Okay, so
1: Western Kentucky's mascot is called Big Red. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you weren't far off. Uh, it is a red furry blob. Created by Ralph Ralph Carey in 1979. A
2: furry blob. (laughs) You better not lose to a
1: furry blob. Let's go, Cosmo. Just get to the final, man, because you know it's going to be with Big Red. Go! It's time now for another bracket, our BYU Sports Nation Best Play Bracket, presented by doTERRA. We have pitted the top eight football plays against the top eight basketball plays over the athletic calendar year, and we are pushing towards determining the number one play.
2: There were 16 plays. We're trying to find the top play. You can vote on vote.byutv.org.
1: All right, Diane Gawoliku's interception to seal the USC game. He secures the final spot in the Final Four, Jerem. 63% of the oh, vote over TJ Haas to Yoli Child's alley for a win at San Diego with 37%. So that sets up an overtime play versus overtime play scenario in the Final Four. Diane's interception takes on Tyson Williams' double overtime touchdown to win at Tennessee.
2: It, that last one that you just mentioned the results on, by the way, that is completely based on opponent. If BYU had that play against St. Mary's or oh, even the Gon- or even Gonzaga, it would be bigger. But because it was San Diego, everyone's like, what? Oh, how important was USC, that window? Oh, my goodness. Overtime. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, I, no, you're right. I get it.
1: You're right. Okay, now for today's matchup.
2: Okay, let's go. Features the top-seeded football play, Micah Simon. 64 yards, the miraculous play to help set up the game-tying field goal at Tennessee.
0: 50 yards away from field
2: goal territory.
0: A step up by Wilson. Deep man is open. It's caught by Simon. Oh, yeah, He's free at the 40. The Cut. 30.
1: You
2: gotta hustle. You gotta hustle indeed. Greg says 50 yards away, be gets 64 yards on the play.
1: Sixty-four Woo! yards. I just can't what a believe great it play, happened. Man.
2: I still can't believe it and, happened. And the play is great when the when the analyst is stepping on the play by play. Oh yeah, tells, baby. Oh run! Go! Yes. Yeah! Go, brother. Oh yeah, baby! I'm so used to that with <laughs> Steve Vail going, oh, Wow! <laughs> I love it. Because that means the play was really big. And right now, at this moment, you'll get to play two here in a second. 50-50. Woo! Let's go.
1: Okay, that's Simon catch We'll face off with the lone basketball play left in the bracket. Oh, snap. It is the two-seed, T.J. Haas and his game winner at Houston. Inbounds to Haas for three seconds. Haas pulls up, fades away. Gets
0: it!
1: TJ! <laughs> TJ Haas. TJ is now surged forward in the vote at vote.byutv.org. Fifty-five percent to forty-five percent. All-time plays, man. Both on yeah, the road. Yeah. Both seriously Amazing. clutch. So fun.
2: I, those are both in the top, you know, twenty-five or fifty plays of their respective sports. Uh, absolutely. I love the raw audio of Mark Durant, who we see him oh! and he's hugging. TJ Howes and the whole team's hugging him, and subsequently the whole team's hugging Mark, and they're all hugging everyone that's. Headsets are falling off. Yeah, Jason's over there keeping his headset on, yelling. Somehow isn't involved in the <laughs> hug. He could. It would have been awesome if he's. Like, he just like slid to his left. He's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> while he's on the air, that would have been awesome. So go to vote. Like some of you have already, and there's the picture. Yeah, Jason by himself on the right.
1: Hey guys, just going to continue the broadcast. Someone's got to carry this
2: because yep. clearly Mark is busy and I am not.
1: Yeah. He's got to carry the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, energy's good. Uh, so I almost hate to do this, but our question of the day <laughs> How much impact will the Devin <laughs> Cafuci transfer to Utah uh, have on the BYU football program? Uh, At WAP 17 says simple. Next man up. Okay, someone will step up, and roll will
2: be filled. General Wap, mm-hmm. ready to General, go. Yeah, with the mustache. Looks like General Gridlock. Yeah. Uh, at CL underscore Living. Now games at Utah as well as Utah State will be a will be against a little brother. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
1: That is hilarious. Quite literally. Yes, when in the Kafusi family, yes. there will be a little brother to Corbin and Bronson on the other side. Do you oh, remember
2: when funny. BYU beat Utah stayed at home in basketball and a student put up something about little brother on the Jumbotron? I,
1: I do remember this. And
2: was immediately fired. <laughs> that
1: happened. At Stuart underscore it was worth it. Isaac on Twitter. I don't think... It'll have any negative impact on BYU, but positive for Devin. Devontae Henry Cole will also have success at BYU, but will not hurt Utah at
2: all. Well, he could directly hurt Utah hurt by Utah. running over them are in they the game. Meaning, are
1: they meaning the loss of Devontae Henry Cole won't hurt Utah's overall program?
2: Because he was the second stringer anyway, right? I, I don't know. Like, Devin Kafusi is not a starting massive contributor for BYU football no, the thing is, at this moment because... He, he's been injured, and yeah. maybe he felt like he should have been. They moved him to linebacker. Um, they were trying to find a spot for him. Apparently, he didn't like what they were doing. Uh, it would be funny if DHC gets tackled by Devin Kafusi, and it's like,
1: hey, look at that. They switched. Does Devin have to sit out a year before he can play, though? Oh,
2: yes. As of right now, yes. Okay. Unless, unless he's are, granted a waiver. Yes. So they won't interact in the game unless right Devin gets a waiver.
1: The thing that concerns me Aside from losing a Kafusi to Utah, which is the overlying Even if he banner was like of all of this, a GA, I know, I would still be. I don't like, want what? a Kafusi there, yeah. but I think BYU's defensive line already had some questions. So what now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, The depth is just that much uh, more down. You know, like, yeah. they need they need some
2: bodies. No, I, I feel you because BYU. That's the thing. When Kalani Satake came here in 2015, you know, for the 16th season, we said, oh. Here we go. Those D-lines up in Utah have been so good. I'm excited to see BYU do that. has not been good enough on the defensive line the last couple of years. They've certainly had some talents, but I mean, where you think, hey, we can get pressure with four somewhat consistently. I don't feel like that yet. And Kairos Tonga is awesome. He's going to be a day two draft pick next year, potentially, at worst, day three. But we need to see more out of that group, absolutely. All right. We
1: roll on, people.
2: Coming up, Shaylee Gonzalez still owns social media.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable, the content she puts out. Plus, Helen Giao of BYU Women's Tennis joins us next. Her journey from mainland China to Provo. How's she handling the shutdown? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: The free BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and some old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan in Studio B. We welcome in our second guest of the day now, BYU Women's Tennis Freshman standout Helen Giao with us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype. Helen, first of all, congratulations on a twelve and six record in your singles competition in year one. That was really fun to watch.
3: Oh wow, thank you. I yeah. Yeah, it's been a really good season, and it's kind of sad this it got interrupted. But yeah,
1: what was your favorite memory from uh, your first season at BYU before everything was shut down?
3: Um, I would say I enjoy every second spent with my team, but like definitely. So I played a lot of clinch match this season. For some reason, I just the last one to finish the match. So like everyone will just stand there and cheer for me. And, like, every time I see them, I'm just like, wow, I got to win this for me and for them. So that's my best memory. Hey, you were
1: clutch against New Mexico. You talk about those uh, those crunch matches, uh, everyone standing around. You needed to win that match so you guys could beat New Mexico. So uh, that must have been pretty exciting.
3: Yeah,
2: it is. <laughs> Let's be honest, though, Helen. You took a little extra time so that you would get a crowd, right? That was the thought process there? <laughs> more, You wanted more fans?
3: <laughs> yeah. Just keep them engaged.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, you at BYU a little bit, but I, w- I want to talk about kind of your journey to BYU. So you're from China. You're on a team that has two Russians. Uh, you're from China, and then six Americans, five of which are from Utah. So what what's uh, what was the journey like for you to come all the way from China to the United States to play tennis?
3: So first of all, um, the head coach here in BYU, her name is Holly Hasler, and. Um, she used to be the student of my coach back to China, and like they kind of just talk about it. Like, um, do you have any players? How he asked my coach, and they just kind of like communicate. So, and he told me that. I'm like, I don't know if I want to play college tennis yet, but because of all the injuries I had, like especially my back, it's, it was really bothering me before. So I feel like that might be the best choice for me and i did some research like because i want to get into the business program here and i heard the byu business program is really good and everyone is just focused on the on academic and no alcohol that's my favorite part yeah like so like everyone keeps the order code and no party yeah and yeah that's how i came here and i really love it
1: (laughs) Helen Jia with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's your life like in Provo, being so far away from friends and family back in mainland China?
3: Um, it was really hard at the beginning, especially I remember um, the first day I came here. It was a Sunday. And I tried to grab some food. I'm so hungry. I was so hungry. And I <laughs> and I went to the Cannon Center, which is just like a BYU campus restaurant. And I went there. No one's there. And for summer, I think they just closed. The, they just shut down the whole day. And I called my teammate. I'm like, why is this locked?" <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, I just need to get used to it. Now I'm used to it. So I really love it. And I feel like Provo is really like um, quiet and safe. And like everyone is really nice. Like every time when I go on the street, everyone will just like wave to me and smile to me. That is really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly a unique place, and that's a funny story. Um, <laughs> it, during this pandemic time, it, it's certainly hard for everybody, even if you're home, right? Yet you're very far away, and uh, obviously China was at the epicenter of this situation, right? What's life like for you being here with uh, family back home?
3: Um, so we know that the virus first discovered in China back to like January or something like that. So I was really worried about my families. Like I called them every day and I said, Did you guys wear masks or did you guys like drink a lot of waters? Or did you wash your hand or those kind of stuff? But like seriously I didn't expect that Americans gonna be this bad. So like I don't know. It's just I, I really worry about them at the beginning, but now it kind of switched their roles, and they are the one that worry about me. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a very unique situation. Uh, I imagine uh, you're talking to them every day. If so, how how much communication are you having with your family?
3: Oh, every day. Every day with my mom, especially, and my dad, probably twice a week. Because <laughs> my dad's like, eh, too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, establishing expectations is really important, right? Yeah.
1: How else are you passing the time uh if if you can't play tennis and train as much as you want? how are you passing the time right now
3: um so it's definitely less fun compared to like I'm able to train with the team and especially where during season it's supposed to be really fun, but I try to do some um like just to just to spend my day so I wake up in the morning and I did the workout first and I ate breakfast. And I kind of study for a little bit and I eat lunch. And in the afternoon, I go for a little jog. And it's really nice outside. So it's always good to be outside. And sometimes I'll just like lie down on the ground, on the grassland and just to enjoy the sunshine and everything. It was really good. And like, I feel like quarantine, it's it's a bad thing definitely. But on the other hand, we have more time to think about our life and just to spend time with the family because I never call them that often before. So that's really good. Yeah.
1: And you're making the most of it, and you're, you're helping me want to be better. So thank you for lifting our spirits here in Studio B.
3: Thank you so much.
1: All right. Congratulations again on your individual singles record, eight and three team record this year. Um, before we let you go, what's, uh, what's in the future of BYU women's tennis?
3: It's going to be really good. I can feel start from this year or like the past season, we're supposed to like our ranking pops up really high from compared to last year. And I'm really confident with my team and my coach and I can see them work hard every day and their effort and everyone's attitude. And I'm just really confident and we got this
1: great yeah. stuff helen it's uh great to talk with you uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward and uh thanks again for the positive vibes
3: okay thank you jer Jer-M and spencer thank you so much you
1: got it thanks, helen Tom. jow on the desert first credit union hotline desert first you know why we show how
2: i've enjoyed during this process where we've been able to communicate with a lot of different athletes obviously we we cover some of them closer than others um and like Davide Gardini's situation with Italy and Helen Giao's situation with China. And even
1: Kennedy Cribs
2: talking yeah.
1: to us uh, after Swim and Dive and her remarkable season. right? And was she, so
2: enjoyable. And, and she's from the Seattle area, right, which yeah. was affected. So, yeah, everyone's been affected in different ways, but c- certainly, it, you know, this, this came out of China. And was like, hey, how's your family? Like, how are they doing? And now they're more concerned about their daughter in the United States, where we're on shutdown right now a few months later. So certainly unique across the globe. We
1: talked to Tyler Haas in Spain. In Spain. It's the madness of everything going down there. Yeah, wild,
2: wild. Uh, Coming up, calling all creative Cougars. We have quarantine homework for you.
1: And one of the all-time BYU football greats, Luke Staley, needs your help, BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. Welcome back to BYU Sports Days, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download
2: the pod, Google BYU Sports Station podcast, subscribe, rate, and review.
1: We've received some incredible pieces of social media content over the past few days, uh, and we're getting greedy. We, we want more, people, so keep sending them in.
2: We're going to formalize this. We want your Cougar quarantine content. Uh, you can uh, tweet it at BYU Sports Nation um, in the next co- couple of days. We'd love to gather these and then uh, put some stuff out. So um, whether it's your own version of the BYU fight song like this.
3: We'll rise up wild cougars. We end the to the fall. We will
1: fight rain or night, day or snow.
3: Right, Shine right, and Blue from Shine and Oh thin man of the Kamakogers it's up to you. Rock 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 go cooker.
2: Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Old,
1: old mango. Old mango
2: thin mint. Old mango thin mint man. Never forget <laughs> love it.
1: Or Jeremy your best impersonation of a BYU personality like the Murbach family did yesterday, nailing the impersonations of Jerem Jordan and me. I don't really
2: say anything in it, let's be honest. But
1: you, the Dennis Pitta thing, man.
2: Oh, that's true. It's classic. True. As
1: well as Jake Toulson, <laughs> Baylor Romney, and Mark Pulp in their version of BYU Sports Nation.
3: Hey, Jake, what's with the outfit today? Yeah, what's with the poncho? We ready to do that BYU, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. So good. <laughs> He's got a blue poncho Because on. we're raining threes. <laughs> so well played. Okay, so t- uh, send in your submissions at BYU Sports Nation. Tweet at the show, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Over the next several days, we'd love to gather up uh, your Cougar quarantine content.
1: All right, Jerem, our elite voice of the day answering this question. How much impact will the Devin Kafosi transfer have on the BYU football program? At Ames Flames says, we traded him for Devontae Henry Cole. Essentially. We got the better end of the deal, player-wise. I think the shock has more to do with the name of the player than the player himself. Yeah. Maybe we just found a place for Dalton Nixon. (laughs) Maybe you put Dalton Nixon on the defensive line.
2: I gotta see him play first, bro. I love Dalton. (laughs) I gotta see him play. Uh, Today's rising shout out: uh, Shaylee Gonzalez. She has a massive social media following. She made the rounds as high as Yahoo Sports, who has hundreds of thousands of followers. The Tootsie slide, is that what a Tootsie slide? Tootsie slide. Uh, but with hoops. She's so skilled with not only basketball, but um, – and her little brother showing out as well. Balling,
1: yeah. Precise. Uh, my rising shout-out goes to Luke Staley, who posted on Instagram last night an old BYU football helmet that his boss found in the Deseret Industries, DI, in Sacramento. He's trying to find the home for it. Who's looking for a BYU helmet? Looks like an offensive lineman.
2: Every BYU fan's looking for a BYU helmet. Sacramento Di, what
1: a fun. Our thanks to today's guests, Evan Brennan and Helen Giao. Do
2: you think the player maybe put it in there and they don't want it back? Have we thought of that? I want it for Studio B. All right, Dennis. No.
1: For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Wayman Hamilton. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation Play by Replay tomorrow. Go Cougs! In our next BYU Sports Nation Play by Replay special, we focus in on twenty 28- eight.